Today's episode of the WAC Podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference. Now here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Rachel Vigil. It's been a minute, but we are back with the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner, Rachel Vigil coming at you. I cannot believe we are at the end of June. That is just blowing my mind. I can't believe we're both in studio together. Woo! It's <laughs> a party. People listening on Spotify are probably wondering what we're talking about, but... We're both fully vaccinated now, and knock on wood, things uh, things looking pretty good here in Colorado. So we're we're back in studio and uh, back with the Whack Podcast as we're doing it. Now, you know, not every single week, but uh, a lot of news still happening around the Whack that uh, needs addressed. Yeah, there is still a lot going on, and this week especially is a huge week in the Whack. It's football is back is what they're saying the whack is back with football joining and a bunch of new schools coming in on july 1st four new schools are going to talk to the commissioner jeff hurd in our next segment but uh we've been talking about this a lot uh, in the office and on the podcast for the last six months or so it happened pretty quick and all of a sudden we're going to have four new schools totally changes the dynamic of the whack of course uh the four schools being lamar abilene christian stephen f austin and sam houston state uh, the uh defending national champions in football and football will be back and we're going to have a a football media day before too long and basketball media day in October. And I I don't think that's technically what we're calling it, but preview day. And uh, where did the summer go? Summer is going to fly by. (laughs) Yeah. We approach July here very, very shortly. And then I swear it's probably going to be next May and we're going to be like, Holy smokes, what's going on. But there is still news happening in the WAC with the current schools we have. Let's start with UTRGB with the new tennis coach. The Vaqueros introducing Nathan Robinson as their new men's tennis coach. He comes to UTRGB from UC Davis uh, where he was an assistant coach. So uh, hopefully uh, uh, we actually want to welcome into the league and, uh, uh, UTRGV, uh, they are hoping to be a, a big factor in tennis for years to come. Yeah, and he comes from a quite a few schools where he was an assistant, Oklahoma State being another one of those schools. And Eric, I'm not the biggest baseball fan, so I'm going to really let you take this next <laughs> one. But Sam Long, big league debut. Huge congrats to him. Yeah, Sam Long from Sacramento State was a pitcher, was the 2014 WAC Freshman of the Year. And if you look at the WAC Freshman of the Year, in that era, uh, 2012 WAC Freshman of the Year was Reese Hoskins. Of course, uh, been with the Philadelphia Phillies for a number of years now. 2011 WAC Freshman of the Year was a guy by the name of Aaron Judge. Uh, of course, uh, made a big name with the New I York Yankees. I know that name. I know that name. <laughs> and uh, that was when Fresno State was still part of the league. So Sam Long uh, ha- had a really good freshman year. Wound up getting taken in the 18th round of his junior year uh, by the Chicago White Sox. Left-handed pitcher and uh, didn't work out actually he was taken by the uh, tampa bay devil rays then played for the chicago white sox and was actually out of baseball for a year and was contemplating becoming a a firefighter and decided to give baseball another shot of course last year uh, the pandemic happens and there was no minor league baseball so he sits out yet another year this year he he gets signed again by the uh, giants it's put in their double a team uh, the richmond Flying Spiders, the name of the team, or no, Flying Squirrels. The Flying oh, Squirrels. Even yeah, that one's even the Richmond better. Flying Squirrels. <laughs> and all of a sudden, uh, Sam, who, who's a left-handed pitcher, hits 97 on the radar gun, and that will catch the attention of Major League scouts pretty quickly. He moves up the chain. Uh, was in Sacramento, where their uh, AAA team is. Uh, then gets called up to the Giants on June 9th, and on June 20th, picks up his first win as a pitcher. And uh, oddly enough, against 
the Philadelphia Phillies and his old buddy Reese Hoskins. And apparently they're still pretty close. They still talk to each other all the time. And, you know, they were teammates, mm-hmm. although Reese was a senior when uh, Sam was a sophomore uh, or they're, they're a couple years apart. So, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, Sam Long, that's a name to watch. He kind of really came out of nowhere. Obviously he had a good career in the WAC, but uh, after not playing for two of the last uh, three years, here he is in the major leagues. So it just goes to show you, don't give up on your dreams, right? They talk all the time about how you can't be very old in the game of baseball. So for him to take a few years off and then still be able to make this dream come true, that's awesome. And nice job on all the facts there with the names and everything. And I I like the flying squirrels. I'm, I might become a big fan of them. And it seems like all the talk right now on social media, everybody I've been talking to is talking about the Olympic trials. And it's so fun to watch all these individuals you know, hit their dreams. But we actually have a coach in the WAC who is also in the Olympic trials. Rachel, we actually had a thrower from UTRGV in the Olympic trials, Desiree Berge, who played basketball at UTRGV, also a, a thrower. And, but it's a coach from New Mexico State who qualifies for the Olympics. And she did a fantastic job. Volunteer assistant. Her name's Rachel Dinkoff. She placed third. Great name. 60. Yeah, Rachel is a great name. <laughs> 60.21 meters. And she will be at the games in Tokyo, Japan next month. So what a, uh, what a, uh, an effort by her to get into the Olympics and, uh, you know, why not? Let's root for her. She's a New Mexico state coach, right? Absolutely. And another former WAC athlete for UMKC is actually qualifying for the Olympics as well. Courtney Frerichs, not her first time in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. She, she went to Kansas city, finished up at New Mexico. Mm-hmm. So when uh, Kansas city obviously was in the WAC, she was the 2014 WAC champion in the steeplechase, and then she finished up her career at the University of New Mexico. So if you see uh, the Lobos uh, claiming her, that's that's why, because she <laughs> did compete there as well. So Frerichs qualifying for second straight Olympics in the 3000 steeple, and that was on Thursday in Eugene, the American record holder in the event. Uh, it finished second behind Emma Coburn with a time of 9-11-79. So she will be heading to next month's Tokyo Olympics. I cannot believe it's going to be next month. I feel like it flew up on us. Obviously, it was supposed to be happening last year. Now, next month, just a few weeks away. And congratulations to all of them that were able to qualify. And we will definitely be wishing all of them luck. And now let's look to basketball real quick. And one person saw Fardos Amak a lot of, obviously, player of the year. And it seemed like he didn't show up and I'm not trying to talk down on him, but he didn't show up in the big games. Like we saw a lot just throughout the regular season, but he showed up big for pro day. A lot of people on Twitter talking about how he did a fantastic job with out in Chicago. Florida was the last time we saw him was at the WAC tournament mm-hmm. and uh, not, not one of his better games, but what a season he had 15 yeah. rebounds a game uh, led the nation in rebounding most rebounds per game in 40 years by anybody in the NCAA. So he had a fantastic season defensive player of the year and player of the year. I mean, that's a hard double-double to get. Uh, Pro Day in Chicago was was turning some heads. So mm-hmm. he did declare for the NBA draft, but has the ability to go back to school depending on if he gets drafted or not. We saw Milan Aqua do this yep. uh, for CBU uh, two years in a row. He did it, uh, did not come back to play his second year. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, Fardoz has, I mean, when we saw him at the tournament, when we got to see him in person, mm-hmm. he's a big Massive. dude. And I mean, that's an NBA body. That's a guy that can, mm-hmm. you know, compete at the NBA level. So it'll be interesting to see if he does get taken. Uh, obviously, only two rounds in the NBA. So not like baseball where uh, they've limited it to 20 rounds, but still there's more opportunities in baseball and maybe some other sports to get drafted with only two rounds in basketball. Not as many and also not as many spots on a on a team. You're talking team. 12 to 15 spots on mm-hmm. a team. But uh, 
Yeah, well, we'll have to keep an eye on the NBA draft, MLB draft, only a few weeks away as well. And that's uh, going to be here in Denver, Colorado. I know. Yeah, it is going to be coming out here. Coors Field, it'll be exciting to see. Um, Good for Denver to have a bunch of people be able to come out. But yeah, a lot of athletes uh, do do pro day to get some information from different scouts for NBA teams. So it's not super out of the ordinary for athletes to do that, but we'll look forward to it. And yeah, I'm actually excited for uh, the MLB draft. And, and some, something to kind of go along with that uh, in a, in a weird sort of way, I guess, is the whole NIL uh, thing that oh, came out uh, last point. week with the Supreme court. It's pretty confusing. I mean, I think, especially when you try to, what does this exactly mean? And and each individual state can have different laws regarding mm-hmm. whether or not student athletes can be basically paid or or paid for endorsements. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll read exactly what we have here. The NCAA Division One Council reviewed, discussed, ultimately voted to support the interim name, image, and likeness policy. Uh, the council support and feedback will be considered by the D- NCAA Division One Board of Directors on Wednesday, June 30th. If adopted by the Board of Directors, the interim policy will be effective July 1, 2021. So, I mean, if they vote on it, it's uh, right away and will remain applicable until such a time either federal legislation or new NCAA rules are adopted. The council will receive uh, regular updates on the status of the interim policy and external factors. So what does that mean? I have no idea. <laughs> I The whole idea of this makes sense, but I also understand it from universities and from the NCAA point of view, but I also get it from the student athletes point of view, right? If you're a big name and you are bringing in a lot of uh, money and ticket sales and stuff like that, I get it. So I get both points. So yeah, but it'll be interesting to see now if this does go into effect in just a couple of days, how it kind of affects different programs and such. And how it'll be regulated. And Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously each, each, conference has you know their own people that they look into uh, making sure everybody's following the rules uh, as well as the on-campus people so it'll be uh, interesting to see how this uh, plays out but uh, it could be a big change uh, for a lot of college athletes absolutely we're going to be sitting down with the commissioner of the western athletic conference here in just a few moments we'll be talking with jeffers Hercules Tires is the official tire of the Western Athletic Conference and for over 65 years has been providing tires with unbeatable quality at an unmatched value. Whatever the vehicle and whatever the terrain, Hercules Tires invites you to ride on our strength. For a retailer near you, visit HerculesTires.com. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. We are now joined by the WAC Commissioner, Jeff Hurd. And Jeff, I know this past year has been crazy. Not only did we have COVID, but then you're welcoming in some new schools. How excited are you for July 1st? Oh, very excited and, and looking forward to really a new a new WAC. Uh, we, we've re- you know kind of re-identifying the conference. We're bringing football back. You know, we have a, a conference of 13 institutions in 21-22 and moving forward. Uh, with at least that many. So as you know, and as everybody involved with this knows, it's been a, uh, a real um, speed up process since the announcement was made on January 14th to try to get this league put together to start competition uh, essentially in about the next six weeks or so. Well, Jeff, I uh, wanted to welcome you to the WAC studio as well, because uh, this is anybody who's watching this on YouTube, the people listening on Spotify can't see this, but we're in studio for the first time in a long time, uh, Rachel and I, and all, all of us are fully vaccinated and we're talking a little bit off air. It, it is kind of nice to be back 
getting, I mean, knock on wood, getting back to normal. And especially in, in athletics, we're seeing, you know, big crowds at, at games. And and hopefully as, as we get closer to the season, we're going to be seeing, you know, more people able to attend games and more of a normal schedule in the WAC as well. Yeah, no question about that. It does feel good to, you know, retain or get back to some sense of normalcy. Uh, you know, we still have some hills to climb and, and there'll be some, you know, some things that could occur during the year that make us uh, revert back a little bit. But at the same time, uh, I think everybody has that feeling that we're getting back to normal. Now, we're not 100% there. And I don't know if it's 70%, 80% or where it is, but we're getting, getting there. And I think uh, as we get into the fall, uh, we'll get back to, you know, feeling like we're getting you know, fans in the stands, just some sense of, you know, we're somewhat back to normal. Now, when we had the announcement, we announced five schools were coming in. Technically, on July 1st, we only have four coming in. Why is Southern Utah not joining this year? You know, a little bit of a, of a long explanation that the original thought was when we expanded by five that we would start uh, in 22-23 with five institutions. The events that occurred thereafter uh, resulted in where we are coming into the year, and that is the Southland Conference opted to uh, give an early exit uh, to the four institutions from the South and they're coming into the league and the big sky did just the opposite with Southern Utah. They, they wanted Southern Utah to, uh, stay in the conference for another year. And so that's, uh, that's what happened there. So the four from the South one come in actually a year earlier than we had anticipated originally. And that's what led to the shortened, you know, four or five month process where we had to, uh, uh, develop a lot of policy and a lot of make a lot of decisions regarding formats for different sports in Southern Utah, then will essentially replace Chicago State uh, in 22-23 as the 13th member of the conference. So that's the that's the read. That's a shortened version <laughs> of a long story. And the four new schools, uh, this becomes official July 1st, Abilene Christian, Lamar, Sam Houston State, Stephen F. Austin State, all coming into the league, really changes the league dynamic. Uh, obviously, uh, all four of those schools in Texas, and now the WAC has more schools in Texas than any other conference in the country. Yeah, it does. It's, it's interesting. When we, a couple of years ago, when we added Tarleton State to the conference, uh, that gave us a second Texas institution. A lot of questions were asked at that time. Well, you know, really, what does that do for you? Well, now you can see what it does for us. Uh, and it, it not only changes our, our numbers, but it changes our geographic layout. So it makes better sense of it from the standpoint that we're going to be in divisions in many of our team sports. Uh, we're going to have additional strength in all sports because of our additions. Uh, but it, what it does is create more regional and, and I, for lack of a better term, drivable rivalries, uh, not only in, in, the, in the Texas version of it, but also in the West. Uh, where we had, where we had, uh, when Southern Utah comes into the league, and we have a, you know, a natural rivalry there with Dixie State and Utah Valley. So, you know, a lot of positives come out of it from a travel standpoint, and from trying to be be in a better position for fans, where fans can travel to away games much easier than having to go to an airport. Now, the main question is, why bring football back? Great conference already. <laughs> why bring it back? I think it gives us. Um, uh, kind of back to an old identity. The, the WAC for many years since its inception, really in, in uh, early 60s, has had football as a sport. And, you know, we've been out without it for the last, uh, you know, roughly eight or nine years. And it kind of brings our identity back to us. I think it also, 
know, football is a driver in a lot of different areas from a sponsorship standpoint, from a, from a media contract uh, standpoint, it, it, it gives you a, a little more clout in that area. Uh, and it also brings you, you know, te Texas as a state, and, and I'm gonna point this out. I mean, football is important in a lot of places. <laughs> I'm not sure there's a state where it's more important than Texas. And so that's another reason to bring it back. I think it helps create or recreate the WAC identity and it gives us a 20th sport uh, from a sponsorship standpoint. And we'll have 10 on the women's side, 10 on the men's side. And uh, just from an overall conference perspective, uh, it, it, it makes us, uh, you know, for more complete, I, I would say, than without it. And we just saw Sam Houston State win the FCS National Championships. So and not only is football back in the WAC, and it's at the FCS level that we have a very competitive conference in the defending national champion. So perhaps one of the best football FCS conferences in the country. Yeah, no question right off the bat. Certainly we didn't know that Sam Houston State was going to win the national championship at the time. But Sam Houston, along with the other Texas institutions, has had a very solid program for a long time. So, you know, my term that I use a lot is we need to walk before we run on this. But the reality is in football, we have an opportunity to be a national player right off the bat. And, and that's uh, obviously important uh, as we move on and as, as Southern Utah comes into the conference too, and starts playing football in 22. And hopefully down the road, we had another one or two from a football standpoint. You know, uh, it's important that we become a, a strong football conference, not just at the top, but from top to bottom. And Eric and I touched on this a little bit in the last segment with the name likeness uh, movement, I guess, of whatever you want to call it going forward. What can you tell us about the recent steps to getting this passed? That's a difficult, it's difficult because it doesn't have a single answer. Mm -hmm. It really doesn't. Uh, you know, we, there's been a series of steps and there's, there's a series more to go. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's a general answer to a, I know it's more specific question, but that's the best way I can put it at this point. Jeff, uh, I just wanted to touch on as well. I mean, this past year, uh, so much has happened. We, we had so many sports kind of crammed in, if you will, from between January and May. Uh, and I mean, kudos to all of our schools for getting through it, all our student athletes, coaches. I mean, it, it was a real uh, pressure cooker, if you will, to get all those games and matches in, but uh, they, they all got in. And I think, you know, student athletes got to have, have a good experience and got to win championships. And and like I said at the beginning of, of the interview here, that hopefully we'll, we'll see that get back more back to normal this upcoming year. Yeah, that's a good point, Eric. I and mean, I'd also say kudos to the WAC staff involved in all the championships that had to be played, all the testing that had to be done. Uh, certainly the institutions played a major role in that. Uh, and the number, just the, simply the number of championships that we had to conduct in a very condensed period of time, along with planning for the 21-22 season. Essentially, we were operating two conferences in about a three or four month span uh, and trying to get it all done. And, and I, you know, there's a lot of people involved in it and I credit our institutions, credit our staff. Uh, we still have work to do in that area without question, but we have the framework done. Uh, we, we have some of the, the details, I guess, if you would, uh, that have to be completed, but uh, it was done and it was done in a, in a frenzied fashion without question. <laughs> Now, for people who may not know, Jeff is a huge baseball fan and Colorado Rockies fan. So, Jeff, have you been able to make it out to Coors Field this year? <laughs> I get there on occasion, and uh, I, I like baseball in general. I really do. If I if I had to be uh, honest about everything, I would say college baseball is really 
probably my favorite sport of all. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, all sports, all the sports that we sponsor, you know, everybody in our staff has interest in, in, in all of them. But I get out to Coors Field when I can and, and uh, you know, try to uh, try to view, um, even, even locally, try to go out. I'll go out and just sit down and watch a high school game uh, because I enjoy the sport if I get the opportunity. In the Major League Baseball draft coming up July 11th through the 13th, it's going to be in Denver this year. Uh, we normally have, yeah, 10, 15, 20 players uh, taken in the draft. Now, Sam Houston State has a, a young man looking at a potential uh, top 10 pick. But as far as baseball goes, Jeff, uh, we're looking at uh, – a little more expanded of a field uh, coming up the, this year. And uh, I believe uh, we're, we're officially staying in Mesa, Arizona. Is that correct? Well, we are for the coming year, for sure. Uh, that I think what we're, we're trying to do for championships overall is try to get a, I, it probably won't be 50-50 in terms of, you know, eight on one side and eight on the other um, in terms of sites. But that's what we're trying to get to. We want a balance of sites and a balance of travel. Uh, so if we're, if we're talking about, and again, these are arbitrary numbers, but if you have 150 student athletes that are traveling in one year to, to say championships on, on the west side or the southwest side, kind of want that same number on the other if you can or as close to it as you, as you possibly can. So uh, those, those are, again, details that still have some work to be done on them. But for the most part, we're ready to go for 21-22. And our sport management committee and, and our administrators will, will take a closer look at as we go down the road. At, at the site selection process. Well, Jeff, as always, thanks for hopping on the podcast with us. We do appreciate it. Well, it's always good to be here. It's good to talk about this. I know all of us are excited. It's, you know, what's really going to be good is just get things started and, and, and not have to, you know, do it, do a, a, a second conference at the same time. <laughs> you know, we have a re, a re, um, a reconfigured whack. It's one whack. It's not, it's not the old whack and the new whack. It's one whack as we move forward and, I'm excited about it, and I know everybody in the conference is also. That is Jeff Hurt, Commissioner of the Western Athletic Conference. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACsports.com.